Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Twelve thirty-five at Edmonton. Great song. This is Bob Starfer with you on Oilers Now. And on a day like this, you're going to get it. It comes with the territory. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, again, relieving officially this morning Peter Shirelli of his duties as president and general manager. It was well reported last night. Ryan Shaw from TSN, John Shannon from Sportsnet, as well as Mark Spector. Rugged from Saskatoon says, uh, regarding character, Strom is fighting and shooting as soon as he leaves Edmonton. Brassois is fighting in Winnipeg now. Why do players lose motivation or forget how to play as soon as they enter Edmonton city limits? No professionalism. Connor said it himself. If you don't believe in this group, then you shouldn't be here. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't looking at Spooner or Talbot and talking uh, to Strom and Latestu out there. But why do players, where did it go, uh, not want to play hard when they join the Oilers? They turn into the Tasmanian Devils once they live in other cities. Bufflin threw Vander Kane's tracksuit into the showers when he lacked professionalism and tried to act Winnipeg, act all Hollywood in Winnipeg. Just my thoughts that comes to us from Rugged in Saskatoon. Look, contrary to pop, Rugged, uh, there are lots of players that have excelled leaving Edmonton, and there's also some players that have gone nowhere leaving Edmonton. Um, Strom, I actually thought Strom was doing okay. He wasn't knocking it out of the park, but I thought he was doing okay in his transition from an offensive guy to a third-line center. So... And Drake Kajula played with spirit. He's not a great player, but he played with spirit when he was in Edmonton, and he's played with spirit since he's gone to Chicago. Two pretty interesting trades. Let's go to Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hi, Craig. How you doing? I'm doing okay, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, inevitable? Uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, when we talked last week, uh, one of our discussion points was, uh, you know, especially given – in a week, a lot has happened, too, with poor efforts, uh, more more specifically poor efforts uh, emotionally, physically, on home ice and the struggles there and all that that entails in terms of your fan base. Uh, I think there's no question that the pressure built enormously, even from last week when it was at a fairly high level. Um, I said then that if you're... You know, if your guidelines were that the only way Peter Shirelli was going to keep his job was if the team made the playoffs and did something there, then I think this last week just, uh, you know, was the death knell. You should fire him now. And I think it's the right choice uh, with that being the case. I think it's uh, with the with the break happening and the 10 days between games, uh, I think it made complete sense. So, you know, it's not a case now that, Things haven't gone well. The trades that you aforementioned, uh, you know, have been all but very negative and not any of a positive impact. And in some regards, uh, I, I agree with you on the Strom front, you know, a, a real question mark when the deal was done and it hasn't uh, done anything to squell that. And if nothing else, it's proven that's a really bad deal. And 
not just on the ice, but what uh, Strom meant even, you know, fitting in as a piece in, in, in their team and in the room. So I think it's the right choice. I think it's the one you had to make. I'm not surprised the decision was made before last night's game, given the fact that you knew the break was coming anyways. If you've made that decision and the only thing that was going to keep them here was a playoff run, I think you got to fire them so that you can take a different direction and make sure you're making deals that are based on the goal forward and not somebody just trying to keep their position. Yeah, it was, uh, again, I 100% support uh, the course and direction the organization took. I think it runs run its course with Peter Shirelli. Um, is there something different that the Oilers need in the Edmonton well, uh, market specific? Like, Peter came from Boston. You know, I mean, he's friends. This is a guy that's friends with Bill Belichick and Theo Epstein, right? I mean, the Patriots are there, the Red Sox are there, the Celtics. The Bruins most days are a three-slash-four in that marketplace. This is an intense market. Um, contrary to what the guys will tell you that actually work in the fraternity, there are some big egos from a media personality that like their time with the relevant uh, power brokers with the hockey team. Um is Edmonton a unique challenge for a potential manager? Uh, the only the only uniqueness is is maybe you know you spend more time with the fan base is much more engaged in the day to day and and in the opinion part and I, I think I've said before you you can't shape your decision making on call in radio or what happens yeah. after a game or on days off and you know we all. Uh, forget about as as coaches or even management group. Well, I always said as players, you know, heaven forbid you have two or three games or two or three days between games because then everybody's got nothing to talk about. So they'll they'll look for something and create something. But I, I just think that's that's unique in in all the Canadian cities. Uh, it's unique in the hot hockey markets in. Uh, in America, you know, you look at places like uh, New York and Philadelphia, and uh, you know, when when the uh, the highs and lows of the fan base are are very emotional, and I think that's just par for the course. I, I do think, though, that the problem you get into, and and I think Peter fell into that trap. He was in it a little bit at the end in Boston, where the game was changing the way you put your line up in you know the fact that in those days uh the bruins were able to win in 11 uh los angeles won in 12 and 14 chicago to a lesser degree in the three that they won uh were all of that trend of being you know a hard team to play against hard nosed yeah. uh, big in the corners could out muscle you for pucks could play a physical hard game uh, a number of times that played an advantage. Once you get to the Stanley Cup final, the the games change so dramatically, even from round one in the playoffs because yep. of the attrition. Uh, and so I, I think at times your mentality of what you need as a team was behind the arc. And I think the arc of that was going on a real heavy down. And uh, to his fault, I would say, and you and I, 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 I talked about it the first day of discussion on signing Milan Lucic I said anything over a three year deal is a bad deal yeah. and uh, so I think that was sort of the beginning of it I don't think you can live down the Griffin Reinhardt at the draft uh, uh, deal yeah. That that's one that started off and so with that you're chasing and I think you're seeing the end result of that chasing when you look at the league now 
uh, and look at the the factors that go into having successful teams and teams that are able to compete in the tough schedules that you have, the night in and night out where you play three games and six nights and, and all the grind that goes on with the year, it's, it's smaller and faster and being able to move the puck quickly, being able to have a speedy team, uh, you know, guys with good sticks, guys with really good intelligence. And I would say that Peter was behind that arc and then suddenly halfway through you're realizing that your team is missing the things that are successful now. And I, I think that's really what's got them uh, partly into the position that they are. And that's what drives the fans nuts because they looked at Hall and Everly and they said they had some of those smaller skilled pieces, right? And yep. you offloaded them. And you could have just made a couple picks instead of trading for Reinhardt. I want to get to this, Craig, because here's the deal. You're on the show and, you know, you do work nationally and we all know what you do. But you're an ex-Oiler, and you're part of that coaching staff, and you're part of that coaching fraternity, and there is this perception out there. I'm just going to put you on hold here. This is Bob Nicholson answering a question on how much say the old boys have uh, club has. And this is a lot of this is directed Kevin Lowe's uh, way. I have repeatedly stated that it's my belief that Kevin Lowe is basically completely out of hockey operations. It's funny how now we look back at Kevin Lowe's body of work in the twenty last 20 years, and a strong argument can be made. He's the best GM that's been here. Very competitive teams for the most part, 2000, 2008, with not a lot of money. But here's Bob Nicholson's comment to that. I'm into three and a half years in my role here, and I hear that all the time. You know, it's the old guard, the, or, the Oilers of the 80s that are making the decisions. That's not true at all. Um, you know, Peter Shirelli was the president and GM of this hockey team. We gave him the authority to make those decisions. Uh, he brought in majority of his own staff. Uh, we have people that from uh, those days are in the organization. Kevin Lowe, is so important to this organization. But Kevin Lowe hasn't been in hockey operations decisions. Kevin Lowe is a leader, and he's leading us now in different parts of the organization. But it's a perception that's out there that they think they are. I can tell you and tell all the fans that's not true. All right. That is uh, Bob Nicholson. Craig Simpson is with us. Since that has occurred, Craig, just for one second here, uh, Craig is still there? Did we lose him? Let's just see if we got him back. I think we lost him. Can you... Uh... I can hear oh, you. Oh, we got you. We got now. you. I just want to read this. <laughs> yeah. This has just come across uh, from the Oilers organization. This is a statement from uh, Peter Shirelli. I'd like to thank... Uh, this is, again, the Oilers have just pushed this out. I'd like to thank the Edmonton Oilers organization, owner Daryl Cates and his family, Bob Nicholson, and the OEG, the Oilers Entertainment Group Executive Group, for the opportunity to be GM of the Edmonton Oilers. I wish the uh, players uh, good luck on uh, the Oilers and their players good luck in the remainder of the season and in the future. That comes from Peter Shirelli. So we've got a, yeah. at least a statement from... Uh, look, I th Craig, it's my belief that at one time you may have been seen as a potential replacement for Craig McTavish as head coach, and you didn't get that opportunity because you were seen as being an old boys club. Yeah, no, I, I think that, again, that goes uh, par and course with, with being in a, in a market that is uh, 
very much passionate. The the past works against you in some regards of the success that the group had back in uh, in the Stanley Cup days. Uh, I would say, yeah, I left coaching because of that because I felt there was no way I was going to get that job, and it wasn't something I wanted to do to continue on that path in a different route. So I left and went to Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, but I, I think when you look at uh, you went back to 2015, I think everybody felt that you know you started with Steve Tambellini, which was a departure from uh, that old boys, yeah. uh, as they say. And the reality is, you know, if you're winning, it's fine. If you're not, there's a built-in um, dispute or, or or reasoning behind it. I will say about Kevin, uh, I work with him on the Community Foundation Board, and that is Kevin's role on the other side of the business. And so uh, it's an easy uh, scapegoat. It's an easy out. Uh, I do feel that when you go back to 15, you say you look at the changes from a management group. You brought in a general manager that had won in another market and had been in the Stanley Cup finals two years prior to that and two years after he had won the Cup. So he brought in his own group. Uh, Todd had a reputation built of his own. And so, you know, the reality is that that hasn't worked either. The Tambellini start uh, to make that change and make that separation uh, didn't go as as planned as well. So uh, I think it's an easy scapegoat. I don't think it's a a real sense of reality. uh, But that's par and course with not having success. I think everybody in this business, you look around at other teams and around the league, and it's only, you know, you don't complain about Steve Eiserman becoming the assistant GM under Ken Holland and moving on. And the reason why Ken Holland didn't uh, step aside is because he was doing a good job of where he was. And Steve moved on to another organization and did a great job. But the, the reality is, uh, it's been a, a failed process here. Uh, don't have all the answers of why exactly that would be, but I, I think the step of going and bringing in uh, Stanley Cup champion general manager and Shirelli, uh, been to the finals again two years later, it, you know, that in itself is a bit of that separation there. And it's, it, it's another example of, you know, there's no easy way to turn things around. I'm surprised that he wasn't able to uh, do a better job of, of bringing this team to a higher level. But this year is one that, you know, if if last year was a bit of a shocker after the success that they had had uh, as a group and in the development in 2017, I, I think this year is even more so. The, the fact that more the fact that the coaching change made a small blip and they're right back to where they were is probably the most disappointing to me. And, you know, I've said many times, Bob, that at times you can make that change of the coach. Is that a damnation, uh, you know, of Todd McClellan? Well, you know, he wasn't able to get this team to where he felt that they should be or could be. Hitch did a job early on to change things around, and here you are right back at it. So, uh, you know, this is sort of the last domino to fall. And now there has to be, at least for the remainder of this season, I think there's no question they're going to make some change. They're going to try to make a few deals to, to prop this team up. But 
when I look at the efforts of the players on the ice during this spell, that to me is the most bewildering. And, and I've said often before, you know, there are times as a player where you just have to look internally and say, uh, there are guys in this lineup that if they don't turn things around this year, forget about not even being in this lineup. There's they won't be in the that, NHL. No, they won't be in the NHL. And, and that can't get lost in a coach firing or a general manager firing. That really, I, I, I enjoyed uh, Connor's discussion the other day. Again, an off day where you have to uh, stand up and be the leader of the team and say, you know, you've got to be part of the solution. And if you don't feel you can do that, then you should be out of here. And and I'm 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 disappointed in the ability for Peter to pull the right strings and make the right deals to make the team better. But I'm equally as disappointed in the efforts of the players. And uh, it, it's been you can you can make mistakes. You can not be as good a team as maybe your opponent. Uh, but the one thing that's glaring to me is that they they just don't have that energy and the work ethic to be a competing team every night. And that's shocking given what was at stake in the last week and a half with six games of seven at home. And that's probably the most disappointing for me. Craig, is it possible I have too many guys that are full and not enough guys that are hungry? I mean, you look at a guy like McDavid, and he's personally driven. I know Drysaddle rankle, rankles some, but yeah. he's a pretty good player, and you're going to certainly – I mean, they've got a good – Nugent Hopkins has had a pretty good year. Uh, we hinted to it on the broadcast on Sunday. Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, took a shot from uh, Elias Lindholm. Then he got cross-checked at the end of the game by Rasmus Anderson. He uh, he gutted out the last two games. He's a guy that can really use the break. He's been banged up here. But those three guys are, you know, and, and then you look on defense, and obviously Nurse does give you what he's got. But there's some other guys sort of in that middle tier money-wise. To me, there's a lack of desperation there. And then you look at a guy like Chase on it who can't get a contract after winning a cup, and he's hungry. And therein lies part of the difference between hungry and full. Yeah, and that's where you also look, though. You've got to be a professional when you're, you've got an opportunity. I think there, there are plenty of players around the National Hockey League who would like an opportunity to, to have Connor McDavid as a center or even as a teammate or Leon Dreisaitl as a center or Nugent Hopkins as a center and say, this is my opportunity to set my career in motion. And I, I've talked about numerous players that have come in for, for small amounts of time and had a little bit of success and then tapered off. And, and that, to me, does speak to that professionalism as a group and that hunger as a group to say, uh, you know, uh, Glenn Sather and even John Muckler, uh, even in our good days, when we'd have a bad stretch or be going through a, a time where you start feeling a little sorry for yourself, you can't find a way to win, things seem to be going wrong, all the bounces, as we saw during that one stretch, you get, what, two or three deflection goals that go in and you start to feel, well, you know, everything's going against us. And if you think for a moment that it can't get any worse and that things are at the bottom, you're dead wrong. Because unless you're the catalyst to turn it around, things can go horribly wrong. And we've seen that. Forget about just Edmonton. You look around the league at, at teams that have fallen off and players who have had terrible years. That, to me, is the message that you know I always uh, look back upon and say, yeah, you know, it seems like it's going bad now. But if I don't change me, and if I don't change my attitude and my energy and my emotions and start to chip away at that and be better, you know, maybe I can bring a teammate or two along, or maybe somebody can bring me along. Because if we don't do that, you know, you're kidding yourself to think it can't get any worse. And here's an example for 
the 23 players in that room, they've cost two people their jobs this year. And, and let's not kid ourselves. They cost them. They, you know, the, the reality as a player, when you are playing in a team at the National Hockey League level, and you get two people fired. Do you really uh, think today's player gives a crap about like? Well, I, I would hope so. I think the good teams and the good groups do, and and that's the difference between being a good player <laughs> or being out for yourself. Yeah. And try to build a team and an organization. See, I think a guy like Mc... Craig, sorry for interrupting. I think a guy like McDavid cares. Oh, and Nugent Hopkins cares, right? Yeah. They they care, but I think there's some other guys. Frankly, they give a you know what meter. It ain't registered, man. That's well, and that's the disappointing thing. And so, you but who brought those so, players in? That's part of the equation. Well, and that's where you know inevitably that's where the decisions that happened today were made, and the one that happened earlier with Todd was made uh, in a similar case. And you know, there there's plenty of blame to go around. And I've always been one that if you're just going to play the blame game, you're going to be stuck in that mud for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, I think the reality is you got to go as a professional. And I think that's the message from the captain that you saw two sure. or three days ago was saying, yeah, like I would be saying that. And I'm sure Hitch has said it numerous times, guys, this isn't going to get any better. This actually guys could get much, much worse. And that would be my message saying there, there are a good seven or eight guys that might not be in the NHL next year. And that would scare the hell out of me if I was a player. And that would be enough uh, to, to have, you know, my livelihood on the line, too. And, and that's where I, I hope, you know, the idea that Bob Nicholson is saying, you know, we feel we can be a playoff team. The, the fortunate thing is that they're not, you know, dead in the water yeah. right now. They, they do have a chance, but there's nothing in their game right now, Bob. That gives me any sense of confidence that they can make that change. I mean, to to make up those five points, you have to have the ability to go, you know, six and one in a seven game stretch. And they don't have it in their game. I agree. I agree. Have it in their game right now at all. And that's that's the most disturbing. Craig, we appreciate your time. Uh, We got to get going here. We'll hook up next week. Okay. All right. Enjoy the All Star game. See ya. All right, you bet. You bet. That is Craig Simpson from, oh, it's, wait a sec, there it is. Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow Sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that orders now sent you. And this March, take the family to the beach during spring break. Jack Michaels went to the beach today. Great deals, fun in the sun destinations. Start planning. Puerto Vallarta for fifteen forty-five, Riviera Maya for sixteen ninety-nine, Honolulu eighteen seventy-five. These four and five-star packages include accommodations, airfare, taxes, parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For reservations, call the travel experts at US Travel or book online at newestravel.com. Some people think this would be a difficult situation to come in as a GM. Our next guest after uh, Global News Weather Traffic Update with Cassandra Jodwan is a former NHL. GM Brian Lawton, and he's going to tell us the exact opposite. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.